You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. This episode is brought to you by JTS Connect, offering host, MC, moderation, and facilitation services for live, virtual, and hybrid meetings and events, as well as podcast hosting and consultation. To learn more and inquire about booking JTS Connect for your next event, please visit jtsconnect.com. Greetings, Room Block Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the podcast where hospitality and event professionals meet. Did you know that the Room Block is now part of the Hospitality FM family? Hospitality FM is a podcast network dedicated to bringing the best hospitality-focused podcast to those in and around the industry. Visit hospitality.fm to reach a portfolio of podcasts with thousands of episodes all about this industry that we love so much. Speaking of, how would you like to help me help the hospitality and events industry? By leaving a positive rating or review for this podcast, you're helping the Room Block gain visibility, which will allow more people to discover the show and bring more education and enlightenment to our beloved colleagues. Your support is so appreciated. Thank you for being a listener and for helping me share our industry's stories. If you're in the hospitality industry, which is likely if you're listening to this podcast, you have probably participated in some form of team building activity. I know I have numerous times. And while I do have some fond team building memories, I'll never forget the bruises I got from playing whirly ball and throwing an axe was much harder than I thought it would be. It's hard to find a way to build team camaraderie and make it fun for everyone. But close-knit teams, especially now that most of us aren't physically close to each other, are key to the success of our businesses. Teamwork makes the dream work, right? So what's the answer? This episode's guest, Matt May, has the solution you're looking for. Matt is the creator and president of Premier Team Building and Interactive Experiences, which provides individuals and corporations with engaging and interactive experiences that are actually fun for everyone. I say this with firsthand knowledge, as I actually had the opportunity to participate in one of Matt's experiences a couple of months ago, and we all left with smiles instead of bruises and blisters. Matt is so passionate about creating positive team building experiences that he also wrote a book called Take the Fear Out of Team Building, and he is here today to share some of his expertise with us. Stay tuned to hear what led Matt into this unique line of work, learn some team building do's and don'ts, and hear why you just can't go wrong by hiring a professional. Hello out there, RoomBlock Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me and welcome to the show or welcome back to the show. I am pleased to welcome to the show today a speaker that I had the pleasure of being in the audience for at 
a local MPI event about a month ago, I would say. So I'm pleased to welcome Matt May, who is with Premier Team Building and Interactive Experiences. So welcome, Matt, to The Room Block. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, it was I think it was about a month and a half ago that I was up in Chicago and it was cold then. <laughs> yes, you're right. It was freezing. And today, let's see, my, well, all right, we're, we're sitting in the 90s here today. It's going to be up to about 100. <laughs> so very different, but closer to what you're used to because you live in Florida, don't you? Ma'am. <laughs> yes. Well, I it's it's funny to have this uh this this heat wave after like the previous weeks of being hanging out in like the 50s and 60s. So that's that's the Midwest for you, but Right. There you go. Yeah, exactly. But so Matt, I am excited to have you on the show today because you are here to talk about all about team building and experiences that you can bring to groups of people. And I, like I said, I got to experience your experience firsthand. And I, you know, it's funny because a lot of what you talk about with team building, you were kind of focusing on, well, sometimes people don't love team building. So tell me real quick just about what team building is to you and why people tend to get scared when they hear the phrase team building. Great questions. Um, as I discussed in, 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 or as I do discuss in my live presentations, people have this fear of it. And it probably, from what I've, what I can deduce, it comes from past experiences that were not positive, right? People associate team building with zip lining or paintball or trust fall. And, and yeah, I guess you could say that is team building. But what I do is, when people ask me, what do you do? I say, I take people who may or may not work together on a daily basis, put them in a room or a beach or a lawn or whatever together and give them competition and challenges and lighthearted competition and challenges and goals to achieve together so that they organically communicate and collaborate. And that way you're not beating a dead horse. So, you know, you let people naturally do it and then realize that they're quote unquote team building right now. Mm. And, and that's one of the big things. So like in my presentation, you know, I didn't, yes, you knew you were going to be there for team building, but really you didn't know it was going to happen. And then you were all of a sudden on a team because of the way the room was laid out and competing in little fun tabletop challenges. So it, it's people have an, a fear based upon I think past experiences. So, and what was the other thing? Oh, why it's so important. Well, of course it's even more important now coming out of COVID or I guess we're still in it, but as we emerge from it, I have heard time and time again, and I'm sure a lot of your audience has that people are coming together and 50% or more don't have never met each other in person. They've right. only met each other through screen right so oh my gosh what better opportunity than to put them together and say okay these are your colleagues who you're just meeting let's have some fun together right away mm-hmm and it was fun like I really want to tell you and compliment you on the fact that it was a really good time like the the different team building exercises that you had us participate in um it was like everyone was super into it and I enjoyed it. It was it was 
different exercises that I've never done before. Um, so definitely not your trust fall, which is, yes, that's definitely what I think of <laughs> when I hear team building. It was not like that. It was fun. It was lightly competitive. Uh, you just had it set up so well. So what I want to know from you is how the heck did you get into this line of work? That is, uh, that's a great question. I, as a kid, was very, I guess I'll say precocious, but not in, <laughs> I don't want to give it a negative attitude, but my father was an entrepreneur. My parents ran a business out of our house. So I had a very outgoing personality. Um, and I did, I went, I was a counselor in training for three years. I did the progression at a camp that I attended as a camper when I was younger. And then I was a counselor for two years. And when I went to school for undergrad, I went for theater and I took some psychology courses and I did a lot of leadership training just because I figured it would help me in some frame uh, at some point in life. So it kind of all just came together. And many years ago, I was bartending when I had just finished grad school at a, um, comedy theater at the performing arts center where I lived and the stage manager was staffing a team building thing for a week or two away I don't know and she was asking performers because they're outgoing and 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 I started out in theater I, I started as an actor and then I changed to administrative and producing and directing so um I did it and precocious me walks up to the lead facilitator after it's all done and hands him my business card. And I said, Hey, let me know if you can use me again. And he said, okay, great. And I turned and walked about 10 feet away. He said, wait, actually come here. Yeah. 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 I got something, something else in a couple weeks. So let's talk. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It, that's how it happened. And I assisted for a while and learned the ropes. And then um, I freelanced for several years and became integral in developing programs, enhancing programs, um, producing because it's in my background. So now I get to produce an event or an experience, I like to call them. I produce an experience. If I host it and facilitate it myself, I get to use my acting background, but I don't have to memorize lines and I don't have to hit a mark and I don't have to listen to a director. I can do my thing, entertain people, put the focus back on them and then clean it up and, and leave. So it all kind of the psychology and the leadership training and being a counselor in the theater. And I also worked in education at a couple points. I was at the time or at one time a Florida certified English and drama teacher. I let it lapse, but all that kind of came together. Like I like to say as a perfect storm to where I am today. Mm. And then COVID hit. But <laughs> right. Well, yes. COVID plays a part in a lot of our stories. But, you know, I love a good full circle story so much. It, I have to laugh because you made a little uh, like blurb sound when we glossed over when you started in your career. And and I get it, you know, um, but the thing about getting to a certain age or a certain point in your career is that you can look back and see how all of those past experiences blend to create this perfect, perfect storm, like you said, of of crafting the place where you really need to be at this point in time. So you have to get to this point in order to be able to look back and see evidence that, you know, the universe really does work in the ways that it's going to work, right? Well, I certainly didn't always realize it, but now looking back, I'm going, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I had the different experiences 
in life and in various career paths that I did because again, yeah, it all comes together and I love what I do now for the most part. You know, there are certain things that I don't love. Bookkeeping is kind of meh, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. There's, there's the part where you actually get to get up there and perform and the relationship building. And then there's the actual business day to day that might be a little tough, but it's cool because you had exposure as a child to seeing both of your parents be very entrepreneurial. So I think that's cool. And I'm excited for my own kids because my husband runs his own business and now I'm running my own business. So, you know, my son started his own YouTube channel and he sells merch and he's only 10. (laughs) So, you know, he's got the bug too. By the bug already. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But okay. So speaking of going with the flow, uh, audience members, might not know that Matt May is also a published author. So could you tell us a little bit about, well, you've, you've written one book and you're in the process of writing a second, it sounds like. So tell us a little bit about that. Correct. Uh, last summer during the, well, that would have been summer of 21, um, I wrote the first book. It's actually, it was the second one. I started uh, Don't Fight the Flow and then I shelved that and I went back to the team building one. I don't know why it just sort of came organically to me. There's that word again. Yeah. Um, and look, it's only about, it's a small book. It's only about 60 pages of narrative. It tells some of my experiences, it tells some stories, maybe some anecdotes. It is not a book full of team building activities. Okay. The, those, this, they're out there. This is more for the person who is perhaps tasked with producing or presenting a team building experience for their company, right? The boss or whomever says, hey, we're having leadership day in three months. We need a team building exercise, find one. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Mm. this a lot of times, yes, meeting planners are in charge of this. A lot of times meeting planners, it's foreign to them. So they'll need a little help and or executive assistants are often tasked with this in companies that don't have an internal planning department, right, for meetings. So it kind of gives some points of, this is really good and here's why this component to put in is good and here's why and it's called take the fear out of team building and my belief is that again it's they're super short chapters one to five pages i tell everybody it's great reading when you're on the can (laughs) you know it really it it tells people oh what for example one of one of the things is do it first. Well, why? People often want to wrap up a three-day workshop or or conference with a team building thing to give people a rah-rah as they walk out the door. That's great. Don't get me wrong. That often is the correct move. However, now, and going back to, you know, full circle, there's a point, um, back to what I said earlier about people who have not met each other yet because of the pandemic. Well, why not do your team building first? And that people say, well, why would we do that? Okay, well, say you've got a sales meeting, right? And these people are all coming in. Do it after breakfast the first day. Do it after your keynote. Get people working together right away, breaking that ice. And they're already, for argument's sake, going to know nine other people if it's teams of 10, right? They're automatically going to start talking about work. Well, then that gradually leads into, oh, we went here on vacation last year. Oh, my gosh, your kid goes to XYZ school. Mine just graduated, right? So people start learning about each other as people. And then because most of almost all of our programs have a lighthearted competition to them, we give gold medals out. (laughs) And I always tell people, wear those the next three days. Remind everyone that you kick butt and your team 
had a great time, right? So that at lunch that day, you already know nine other people. So you're not walking into the lunchroom going, oh, who do I want to sit with? Now, salespeople are probably not a good example because they'll talk to anybody, right? But if you have some introverted people, they might be like, oh, which which lunch table do I sit in? And it's, you know, back to high school. <laughs> right. Or you go to the cocktail party that night and I tell people, wear your medals, remind everyone. Other teams will come up. We were robbed. You stole that out from under us at the last <laughs> You know, people just love to continue to have fun and talk smack, but in a lighthearted way. And again, if you do it first thing in your conference, you're already getting people interacting. You're not saving it until the end before they all are going to leave. Exactly. Well, so you gave us one good tip so far, which is that you should do team building on the early end of your event. But what are some other components, if you if you could just share one or two, of a good team building experience? You, you mentioned competition. And so why is that? People are inherently competitive right now. I'm not talking, again, about paintball. When I, I did this poll last summer for the book about what do you automatically think of, what was the best team building experience you've ever had, and what was the worst? And one person brought up paintball, and she said, I will never do it again. And I don't, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, competition has no place in team building. And I said, aha, okay, there you go. You had a negative experience. Mm. I'm not talking about shooting paintballs, but lighthearted competition where it's non-threatening is good because we are as human beings inherently competitive, right? What do we get early on starting at five, six years old? We get good grades for doing hard work, right? We want that recognition. We want some sort of payback. What's the mother of all of all um, winnings? The lotto, right? Powerball. People play lottery because they want to win stuff. People love to win stuff. So people like to be winners, you know? And then there's Oprah. You're all getting a car. You're all winners. Well, no, you're not. I'm not. I don't subscribe <laughs> to that theory. I'm old. When I was a kid, some of us were losers, all right? It doesn't mean in life. It just means at that game, we didn't win. Okay, it's fine. Brush yourself off. Go on and try again. So um, lighthearted competition, I think, is a really good factor. As I said, doing it first. Keeping it safe, right? Safety is a very important thing, whether we're talking about geographically. Obviously, you don't want to put people in physical harm's way. Now, coming out of COVID, we don't probably want to put people in a germapalooza petri dish, right? <laughs> right but also emotionally uh, and mentally safe. People who are introverted are often fearful of team building because they, oh, I don't wanna be the center of attention and oh, I don't wanna have to do this or that. And they can build up anxiety. And I've seen people get really anxious to the point where they're almost shaking in the back of a room. And it's like, okay, hold on. We need to calm this person down we're going to put them in a smaller group. And again, it goes back to that magic word organically. You don't make, don't put people on the spot, just get them working together by giving them their challenges, explaining what the end goal is today. And 10 minutes, 15 minutes in that person who was so fearful is just bopping along with three or four other people in their group, having a good time talking, doing, you know, competing in games or competing in challenges to earn supplies that they're going to use later on. So, it's keeping it safe, both physically and mentally or emotionally is important. I want to touch on something that my brain made a connection. And, and again, I mean, you, you have used the word organically several times. And I just think it's interesting that 
you have found it's like you're drawing upon your past experience as far as how you've organically gotten into doing what you're doing and you realize that going with the flow if you will is what leads it's like the path of least resistance right and that is where you thrive and shine um i think people find that you know when you when you kind of just go with with the way things push you and so you're taking that principle and you're building it into your team building experiences which I don't think is necessarily something that people would think of. And so I guess that brings me to another question. You mentioned that your book is for people that might need to create a team building experience for their company and they don't know how to do it and they offer some good tips and tricks. But is there a reason that people should maybe outsource this kind of thing? And I, I have a feeling you're going to say yes, but <laughs> tell me why. Absolutely. Yes. So and that is one of the, the items in the book is hire professionals. And if I said uh, that the book is for people who need to create a team building experience, I misspoke. It, what I meant is people who are tasked with presenting one or bringing one in for their group or their company. So with that, yes, hire professionals. That's one of the things in the book. And again, like I said before, do it first. These little things, if you look at this book first, if you're totally, uh, if team building is totally foreign to you, oh yeah, I want, okay, I want to make sure I talk to them about this and this and this. Oh, that's a good point too. How are you going to do this, right? So it's really just an overview, uh, a macro look at, these are some components that I have found to make team building successful and alleviate the fear that some people have for it. So these people then I encourage to hire professionals, whether it's me or one of my competitors, I don't care. No, that's not true. I do care. <laughs> I would love to work with your listeners. However, it should be a good fix. Our company is a boutique company. I am always accessible. I may not be the one leading and facilitating and hosting your experience, but leading up to that point, I'm always accessible. With me, you don't come to us and deal with the salesperson and then get handed to a contract administrator and then get handed to a logistics person. And if there's a charity component, talk to that person. And then by the time the facilitator walks in your door a week or a month or four months later, you have no idea who your contact is. Now, with that, some people like that structure. It's a little bit more corporate. It's much more compartmentalized. I am more of the boutique, hey, I want you to work with me because you like my energy and you like the fact that I'm accessible and that we're going to collaborate together. We're not going to pass you from person to person. But again, if some of your listeners prefer the more corporate approach, there are companies out there that operate that way. They have good experiences and good programs too. So use a professional. Here's a good example. Um, if you have, okay, so I'll go back and give you a personal story. When I was freelancing several years ago, it was actually, it was election day 2016 and I was out in Berkeley, California. And I had not produced this. It was a game show experience similar to the Family Feud. And it was all custom questions that the client provided. Again, I didn't produce it. I was solely hired to be the facilitator and the MC out there. And I just said, oh, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> I saw the writing on the wall. I don't mean to sound pessimistic, but one of the early questions we were going back and forth between two teams. Now, again, this is a la Family Feud. So there's more than one answer, right? right? It's, we surveyed 100 people and asked them to name their favorite pepperoni topping. 
Now figure it, we surveyed a hundred people in the company and asked them, blah, 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 right? Company content, we kept going back and forth between the two competing teams at that time and nobody could get an answer on the board. Oh no. I know it was probably three, four minutes. It felt like a lot longer, but I was, I was sweating under the collar. And finally I said, all right, we're going to throw this question away and move on. Now I regaled a colleague with that story who said, oh, you need to go talk to so-and-so and hear about the time, blah, blah, blah. So I asked about it and it was a situation where again, all company content that the, co- the client wanted and 10, 15 minutes into this game show, nobody could answer any of the questions. The CEO said, this is over, go home, we are finished. <laughs> so how does this come back to higher professionals? We know, I know, and I would hope my competitors out there are going to say, okay, I get that you wanted to put some company content in and that's great. And it helps with retention of what you've just covered in a seminar or a keynote or whatever. But let's mix it in with some pop culture and some geography and some music or, you know, some history, too. So it's not all company culture so that you don't wind up in a situation like either of the ones I just described. Super, super awkward. You know, I feel like you've got a topic for your next book, which could be horrible team building experiences that you've heard about. (laughs) I totally appreciate that. And I get what you're saying. And it's funny. And yes, I could write a book. However, I like to think that I'm relatively a positive person and try to say, okay, let's push that aside and not think about that. And let's think about the positive stuff. Focus on the positive. Yes, I, I love that. And I really appreciate what you're saying about making sure that you hire a professional for all the reasons that you stated. I mean, just the experience that you can bring having done events over and over and over on top of everything that you said, just all the best practices that you've learned over time. I mean, I do event emceeing as well, and I feel like I compete a lot with internal people in the company, right? I mean, there's the no budget item, and I suppose that's a benefit, sure. However, they don't always know exactly how to how to lead a room, how to run an event, run a show. So it pays to hire outside, I have to agree. Uh, yeah, and, and the people there so often, and look, I'm not saying that the, the C-levels and the, the VPs and everything don't have important content to share. They do. Oh, yeah. However, mix it up. Let your let your personnel hear from somebody else, even if it's just, you know, to be a a through line and a voice that's just different and brings a different energy that isn't connected to the company that can really, well, you know, that that can move it forward and keep the conference or the meeting or whatever going. So, yeah, you're totally you're totally right with that. I think you can get better buy in as well from an audience or a group of employees or whoever it is that's watching. So if you have someone from the outside come in with a team building experience, I think that your people are more likely to participate and participate um, enthusiastically than having like the CEO of the company up there trying to bumble their way through something that might not be working that well. Absolutely. Now, look, this is the analogy I use. If you're get, if you want to change a, a, a switch, a light switch in your house, you can probably do it, especially with YouTube these days. But if you're not an electrician, I wouldn't recommend you go try to rewire your entire house, right? 
So right. by the same token, if you are whatever role in a company and you're tasked with putting together a, a lunch on a Friday and it's, you know, just cash, bring in lunch. Okay, great. You can go get subs or sandwich platters or whatever from anywhere. That's like changing the light bulb. But if you want to do a true, proper facilitator led team building experience, whether it has a charity component or not, whether it has custom content from the company or not, that's like rewiring your entire house mm -hmm. in my mind. So find an electrician to do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hire the pro. So Matt, you've talked about the fact that Premier Team Building is more of a boutique company uh, and you want to work with companies that are a good fit. So can you share who would be your ideal customers? Like what type of groups do you love working with? Uh, any particular demographic that you find works really well or, or who you like to like to work with? The short answer is that's like picking your favorite child. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love it when people have come and maybe had a bad experience before. So I always think my goal, and sometimes if I remember, I'll start off saying, okay, by the end of today, when I leave, I want your feeling to be not, oh, what are we gonna do? But the next time you see me walk in the door, you at the very least think, all right, what are we gonna do today? I'm open, let's see what he's got up his sleeve today, right? So that's kind of my internal um, drive. But I love salespeople because they're so competitive. I bet. I love working with marketing people because they're usually really creative and they'll they'll get into creative stuff. But by the same token, um, administrative staff, they don't often get a chance to play and think outside the box and whatnot. And that's something else I, I touch upon is using professionals. They're going to help you mix and match up your teams or just doing it totally random. And one thing that I do is is figure out who the team captain is. And a lot of times there is um, a captain who isn't the one that you would think because it's not necessarily the vice president, but rather it might be the, the front desk receptionist. And I've had experiences where the boss will come up to me after and say, thank you so much. I just saw Susie or Jonathan or whatever in a whole new light next week. I'm meeting with him or her and we are going, we are not utilizing the skill set that this person has by having them sign for packages and answer the phone at the front desk every day. We're gonna make this person an office manager and give them more responsibilities, a little raise, and let them utilize the skill set that they have that we didn't realize until we saw them in action today. Wow, that is, that's a major fringe benefit of the whole team building uh, experience. That's incredible, very cool. Well, and I also wanna give you a chance to let the audience know how they can find you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's premierbuilding.com and you can spell premier with, with the E at the end or without, and it'll direct you to our site. Um, just for those people who can't remember which is which, but it's premierteambuilding.com. All of our experiences are there. There's a contact form there. You can get to all of our social media there as well. And um, I will tell you for your listeners if you mention that you heard this podcast or anything, we will give you a 10% discount off the retail price of your first experience with us. Oh. So you got a appearance that you were listening to Jen's The Room Block, all right? That's that's where it's at. So you got to do that to get the discount. Oh, I love that. This is, I think that might be the first giveaway or discount uh, that's uh, been 
thrown out on the show. So congratulations. Okay, one final question, and it's the question that I ask all of my guests. So I hope I'm not going to trip you up by asking, but I'd like to offer you the opportunity to issue a compliment or a complaint. That's a tough one, and this is so terrible. Wow, all right, well, um, I don't know if I should say this or not. One of the big things is because I travel quite a bit is, oh, God, I'm... housekeeping in hotels. I just feel like, and this is so terrible, but sometimes I feel like housekeepers just go through the motions. And and my feeling is that's your job. Take some pride into it. Leave it a little bit better so that the person staying in that room says, oh my gosh, I don't know who cleaned this room, but that's really great because I'm the type of person that, so it's funny that you say a complaint or a compliment I am the type of person that can be a little vocal, but equally good and bad. If something is exceptionally problematic, I will tell politely tell a manager. If I also, by the same token, say, oh my gosh, this was so amazing. That was really awesome. I really appreciate the fact that it showed up on the bill as this or something. I will also go out of my way to say that. So I, I don't like the fact that I just went to a complaint and negative, but that's what's on my mind. I just did a hotel survey this morning. So that's what's on my mind right now. Here's the thing. You're not lying when you say that there are definitely ways that you can wow somebody in that role. And I know that housekeeping is definitely prob- probably the hardest area of a hotel to work in. Yet, it's an area that can, it really can make or break a guest stay. So, here's my thought. I think that the housekeeping teams of the hotels need a little team building experience, don't you? (laughs) Absolutely. And actually, I will tell you, I think hotel teams in general need team building so that the front desk staff has an appreciation for the custodial staff has an appreciation for the sales staff, has an appreciation for the uh, restaurant staff who hauls their cookies in at 4.30 in the morning to get that 6.30 complimentary breakfast out there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that you've just, yes, you hit it right on the head. A hotel is a perfect example of compartmentalized teams who would benefit working together and going, oh my gosh. And you might learn something about someone that you only pass in the hall and you know it's yes that's a perfect prime example yet jen you just passed with flying colors <laughs> well matt that is why i started this podcast was to break down the compartments break down the walls between departments hotel departments in particular just because that's the world that i come from uh but also just the event industry as a whole everyone needs to work together and appreciate what each has to offer I strongly feel that everyone can do their jobs better when they understand what their coworkers or their competitors even are doing. So if team building is a way to bring people together, then I think we found a good partnership here in this podcast episode. Hey. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. You are super fun to have uh, in person and on the show. So thank you for bringing your fun and experience to my audience. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. 